Hey, everybody, welcome into The Wrap. Tom Mazaway and friends on NRM Streamcast. It's a Friday. It's Breeders' Cup weekend. A lot of good stuff going on. I know a lot of people don't know. What the heck's the Breeders' Cup? It's the only the biggest <laughs> horse racing weekend of the year. And one of my horse buddies is here, my stable mate, uh, Pete Spivak, in the house with me. What's up, Pete? Am I uh, 1A or my 2B? You're uh, 1A. <laughs> okay, very good. Atta boy. How are you, kid? Good to be back. Appreciate you having me on hey. on this Breeders' Cup Friday. As soon as we're done here, heading home to uh, bring up the online account and start <laughs> that betting. Too bad Hazel Park wasn't open. Oh man, I you know, in Northville, rat. you know, in Northville might be closing. You know, coming yeah. out pretty soon too. So God help us all in the horse racing industry around here. Thanks for your help, uh, Michigan State of Michigan. Thanks for your help uh, with the uh, uh, Michigan horse racing. Uh, shame they left us for dead. To your right is uh, your buddy from Bowling Green, Isaac Zumba. Uh, it's Ethan Perlman in the house. What's up, EP? Uh, not too much. It's a great Friday. At least it's not snowing yet. That's right. It did snow yes. a little bit yesterday on Trick or Treat Night. Did you guys uh, get out there last night? I was out there with the kids. Uh, no, I'm scary enough as uh, as, as myself. <laughs> Did you pass anything uh, so, out? No, I was at work. No apples with razor blades. I in? was at work. No razor blades. No apples. <laughs> How about you, uh, Ethan? Uh, no, I was home. We were passing out candy. Is, and, what were you and, passing uh, out last night? Uh, you know, the big size candy bars. Oh, the full uh, sizers. But we did have, and it was funny. We had, we asked, you know, always, do you have a peanut allergy? Because you know, some of this Look stuff has you. peanuts in it. And they're like, Yeah, you know, I got a peanut allergy, but I can, I can do peanut M and M's. Oh my, oh my god. god. In other words, they don't have a peanut yeah, allergy. Fake. Exactly. Oh, that's good stuff. Fake. I was out there. I was in the rain. Didn't matter. I had to take. Uh, well, you don't take. I don't take my kids anymore. I'm just like following my little Maddie, Abby, and uh, Lily are older, so they did their own thing. They they, they trick or treated too. I got to give them credit. That's Lily hard was to give up candy. Lily was at a party, so she's not like trick or treating. But they had a nice Halloween party, and the other two. Still with their dad. How oh, about that's that? very nice. And their friends. Aww. Dad was just trailing behind, yeah, you know, uh-huh. just making sure everything went well. Yeah, so. you're just, yeah, you're just in the background now. They're so, getting too old for you. Hey, welcome in everybody. It's a Friday. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to recap Game Seven of that World Series. The Nationals win it six to two. They were down two nothing heading into the seventh inning, and they come up and they win it. The uh, Steven Strasburg MVP. The guy was a horse. He wins a car at the end of the night. He wins a beautiful Chevy Corvette. Mid-engine Chevy Corvette. It's not even released yet. And it looks like, you know, I, I, you gave him like a piece of candy. I and mean, he didn't give two craps about getting that car. He's like, the guy's like, here's your keys. He's like, okay. The car is gorgeous. <laughs> Can you just imagine getting that for pitching your heart out? Hey, hey, he doesn't want the car. He wants the trophy. He's got the trophy now. He and, does. And, and, you know, Dual I Max deserves it. Isn't that something? He's a. I mean, we talked about his turnaround last time I was on the air with you. What he when he went down to uh, Toledo? Oh yeah, back and, in the day. Back in the day, and as a tiger. And so I am just so happy to see him finally. It was a. We, we talked to think last show also was a win-win situation because it was either Verlander and uh, you know going to get another title or Anibal right. and uh, and Max going to get a title. Don't forget and, Donnie Kelly baby. Yeah, Kelly yeah, and, and DK Fernando, baby. And Fernando Rodney. <laughs> Fernando yeah, Rodney. That's right. Yeah, Rodney gets one. Forty-two-year-old guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gets a, I wonder if he's one of the oldest guys to win a World Series. I, I believe he was the oldest pitcher to appear yeah. in a World Series. And I'm shocked because I'm, I, I, you know, as uh, I'm shocked that Bartolo Colon never had that record for as long as he pitched. You know, for as many good teams as he was on, I figured that Bart. he would have been. Yeah, yeah. So they win, and uh, it's it's a great thing. 14 innings pitched for Steven Strasburg, 12 hits, four runs, 14 strikeouts, only three walks. 
And then Ethan writes a little something in here as the stat man. Go ahead, read your little stat. So he becomes the second uh, San Diego State University former athlete to win a postseason MVP award. Obviously, <laughs> Toronto Raptors, when they won, Kawhi Leonard was wow, the 2019 NBA Finals MVP. I didn't realize and he was now a San Steven Diego Strasburg. Stater is the second uh, San Diego State University alumni to bring home a postseason MVP award. Before you say it, uh, Maz, do you know what the uh, mascot is for San Diego State? Isn't it the Aztecs? It is the Aztecs. The Aztecs. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Steve Fisher was, uh, wasn't he coaching yes. over there? No, the former, uh, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, when former, he left Michigan. Uh, Wolverine? Yeah. I love Steve Fisher. I know he got a bum rap here with the, with the Fab Five. Bum rap. And we're going to have Lynn Henning on from uh, the Detroit News. Actually, he's retired now, but... He's very active on Twitter and one of the greatest guys to talk to. And you bring up uh, Toledo, Pete. Every time you're here, we talk about Toledo for some reason. <laughs> and Toledo, in the news, the Mud Hens firing their manager, Doug Minkiewicz, uh, after his two years. So he basically was a 500 manager, 139 and 140. But they gave him a two-year extension. And then they get rid of him. And uh, Mike Rebello stays in uh, AA Erie. The Tigers are doing things, I don't know. That's why we have uh, Lynn Henning on the horn. Won the first division title in, what, a decade? Yeah, it was like 11 years. Oh. He took him to the playoffs uh, last year. But that was last year. This year he was a few games under 500. Lynn Henning, he joins us now on the hotline. Uh, Mr. Henning, what's happening? Mr. H, you there? All right. Uh, you guys let me know when uh, you can bring the phone up. <laughs> and we'll and we'll be uh, we'll be talking to him. So the Mudhens fired Doug Minkiewicz, and uh, the Tigers just doing some odd things right now. They're kind of cleaning house, so to speak. Although they did yeah. keep their uh, Rod Gardenhire here for uh, they re-signed him and keeping him in town as well. So we'll see how that rolls out. By the way, Mike Matheny hired as the new Kansas City Royals manager. They made it official yesterday. So how many jobs are left? You got the Mets. I think there's the four Pirates, jobs left. Padres locked it up already. Uh, we got Giants. The Giants. That's three in the National League. I, I think we've locked up, what, four jobs The now? Royals just got theirs, so that's... So we're missing one team, I think. Yeah, there's four teams left, I believe. Whichever I, th- one... I thought we already had four locked up. Oh, we have four locked up? Because we had three the Angels. Then. Yeah. The Phillies. Right. Who, who else needed Angels. And the Angels. We, we already said Angels. Okay. Angels, Angels Phillies, sure, yeah. Cubs. Right, the Cubs got their new guy. They got uh, David Ross. They're yeah. going to players. They're getting players. They're getting gigs. Mike Matheny, the former Royal, mm-hmm. gets a gig with the Royals. And Mr. Henning joins us now. Lynn, how are you? Hi, man. Good to hear your voice again. Nice to uh, reunite with uh, you three wise men. <laughs> yeah, you're with Pete Spivak and Ethan Perlman as well. And uh, Mr. Henning enjoying uh, retirement, I think, these days. Uh, more than uh, could have even been imagined. Wow. Uh, I, I really did kind of think, you know, how are you going to pull out of this thing after 45 years? But uh, it has been a succinct pleasure. Now, part of that is I'm blessed to live down here on St. Simons Island, Georgia, down here on the Georgia coast. And uh, put it this way, there are worse places wow. to uh, re- reside. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a delight down here, and I've known that for 15 years. But... Um, 
No, it's it's comfortable, and I've been doing a lot of traveling. I've gotten back a few times, and I still, of course, pay attention uh, we know. daily to what's going on up your way on all fronts. I feel you're still writing because I see you on Twitter all the time, so I still feel that you're part of the Detroit news and the, our fabric here at home. So I, it's not like you met, left us. I still read you all the time. No, and uh, my old employer, Maz, uh, much to... Um, my uh, thanks uh, has uh, brought me back uh, part time. I still do about a week, about a, a piece a week, Great. I think, on an average uh, for them, which began uh, in August and looks like it will certainly continue uh, because there's still things you can do, uh, plenty of things you can do, of either course. because of institutional knowledge or because uh, you still got that handy dandy thing called the telephone you can do an awful lot of reporting with amen and uh, i i like that mix and uh it's worked out for them it works out for me but uh, yeah it is nice to stay involved before we talk tigers with you what do you think of the world series and were you happy with the outcome i was in the sense that we all like surprises uh, in sports when they're genuine and legitimate and here you had this one thing that we never thought we'd see, seven road wins Amazing. in a seven-game series. That just is beyond comprehension yet. And yet that was a team that had played toe-to-toe with the Astros since June 1st. And I think we all lost perspective on that uh, uh, too many times. Uh, but it was a four-month sampling of how they played the same kind of ball that Houston was just devoting to everybody there for those last four months. And uh, here in the World Series, we saw why. Uh, It was still an overpowering Houston team, but if you do things at the right time, with the skill level that uh, they showed, uh, the Nationals, in all facets, you can win baseball games, and they won four out of seven. It was. It was a hell of a series, and uh, a lot of great heroes. Steven Strasburg finally blossomed into that yep. picture they thought he was going to be all these time. And just to look back, and I know all the writing here in town, we all say it, all these Tiger pitchers, all these guys getting their rings, but but, but not with the old English D on their, on their shirt. And that, that, no. that hurt. It, it does hurt, Maz. And it was really, I guess, uh, the con text of sports tragedy would apply here because uh, that 2013 team in particular uh, there are not many days that pass that I don't think about that and what happened in game two out there in Boston with that 5-0 lead and really had they come away with that victory Boston was psychologically gutted at that point the Tigers were not going to be stopped uh, they would have returned for their segment of that ALCS. And the fans would have been just as they were when they pretty much overpowered the Yankees in uh. the 206 Divisional Series with those back-to-back wins at Comerica Park. You could see the same kind of culture and atmosphere generating there with a very skilled Tigers team. But after that collapse, um, their bullpen, of course, which had always been uh, the sore point with this team, and I think that's a shame, too, that more resources hadn't been devoted to the bullpen. Yep. Uh, because uh, Dave Dombrowski, for all of his wiles, uh, too often trusted the mercurial nature of a bullpen uh, to ebb and flow and to strengthen uh, probably as much as it was going to ever be predicted to fail. Unfortunately, the overachievement didn't occur. The underachievement did with his bullpens. 
and that drove them out of the 06 ALCS. And really, their last best chance to win this thing went down the drain. I think that's tragic. Sure was. It sure was. Lynn Henning joins us from the Detroit News, good friend of ours. Uh, guy, you never know who's going to pop in around here, especially living in the Motown, Motor City. How about Darren McCarty in the house right now, in studio, and Lynn Henning on the horn? Oh, Brother Darren. Hi, Boy, how are you? Some guys are eternal <laughs> fixtures in town, and thankfully, my friend, uh, you are too. And uh, I don't know, Detroit just doesn't let go of some guys. And Darren McCarty will be forever one that they're going to hold in their clutches. Well, I appreciate that, Len. I, I've been reading you uh, for a long time. So to hear you. Well, you're a brave down, man. Yeah, I do. Well, you know what? I, everybody knows me that I'm a. Uh, my, baseball is my first love. The Amen. Tigers are my first love. Uh, Growing up to Southside Windsor, but uh, I'm—I'll take it. Four Stanley Cups, even though uh, you know I, I say I'm so twisted. I would—I wish I had four Man. World Series. I know, or one. I know, Darren. Or two and, and two. And you know? The owner was so proud of you guys. Yep. Uh, and, and proud of his stewardship over the Red Wings, who delivered, uh, helped deliver those four Stanley Cups. And I know he wanted it uh, so badly on the baseball side, but. Tis a cruel game. It is. And pro sports doesn't cut you any romance. It it, it makes you pay. And uh, the Tigers kind of embodied that through those years. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but it was exciting. You know, it really was. I, I remember. Run. I remember back those those days, and and then, you know, talking to Craig Monroe, um, you know, and then the the layoffs, and we're, there's so many different things. But baseball is baseball, and you never know. And you know, this this World Series. For, uh, all wins on the road by the road team. Amazing. Yeah. As you know, the only time that I remember that ever happening was before I played for the Detroit Red Wing organization. The Adirondack Red Wings had won the Calder Cup the year before against the St. John's Maple Leafs Toronto's farm system. All the wins in the finals were on the road. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the only guy that knows that. And and you know what? That's sort of your influence, Maz. It's just that that you did all that sports knowledge just sinks in somewhere. So that's why it, you and I are connected. Buddy. That's right, forever, man, forever. Hey, I wanted to talk to you, uh, Lynn, quickly about the uh, mud hens. You don't really bring up the mud hens a lot. Matter of fact, Pete brought him up a couple of weeks ago that Max Scherzer actually. He went back to Toledo, and AJ, yeah, AJ, Sager. AJ Sager, you know, corrected what was wrong with him, and That's the rest has been history. Monster. But now they fired Doug Minkiewicz after two years. The guy take him to the playoffs last year, but this year under five hundred. What's going on with the whole Tiger uh, franchise? A good question because Minkiewicz shouldn't have been fired. No, uh, he's uh, an excellent manager. He's a very straight shooter, uh, a man of immense candor. And he'll tell you sometimes things you don't want to hear. And there you go with the explanation for yeah. why he's out of there. Yeah. He spoke um, his mind. The truth hurts. Yeah, he spoke and, his uh, mind. I don't think Doug's in politic. I think he's a, he's, he's a, a, a very necessary presence uh, in any organization that cares about straight feedback. And on top of that, he's a good manager. He's a good teacher. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, I'm really uh, upset that uh, he's gone. Um, I don't think that this is uh, anything that is going to be a productive or advantageous move by the Tigers. Um, I knew this was was happening. In fact, I'd known at the end of the season that they had told him he wasn't coming back, but then they backtracked for a month. And uh, yesterday when I spoke with um, Doug and with um, Dave Littlefield, um, it was... uh, 
firm and final that he was not coming back. And uh, it's just sad. It's just it's just not right. Um, it, it's symptomatic, I'm afraid, of um, an administration that is going to have an awful lot to account for this coming. This is going to be a very bloody year uh, <laughs> oh, with the fan base. And uh, unless something happens uh, on a dramatic scale with a trade, which I don't think they're going to be able to make, certainly ahead of next June and July's deadline, and with a draft landscape and minor league farm system that would need to uh, regenerate uh, some surprises, I'm not sure that uh, at the end of this five-year mark, which will be next August, that you can make a case for retaining them. Um, and, and I'm giving them, out of fairness, uh, a full amount of time because the reconstruction of this Tigers team was going to be incumbent, first of all, on a deconstruction, which was going to take a long time. Yep. They did not have a market that was any longer cooperative. I believe they've needed their full five years out of 100% fairness to the process. But I don't know that we're going to uh, feel much different about this thing in, in six, seven, eight months than we do today. Uh, and uh, at that point, I think Chris Illich is going to have to get real serious here about uh, his, his product and uh, decide whether or not uh, he's going to have to bring in new people. Who's the next Pudge Rodriguez? I mean, that's how it started. They brought Pudge in. We're like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this guy coming here for? And before you know it, it started, and people were coming, and you make a couple of big trades, and voila, the Detroit Tigers. But who's they got to bring somebody in. Well, you're right, Mass, but understand, too, the anomalies that Pudge Rodriguez and Maglio Ordonez were in back-to-back years, 04 and 05. They had been completely abandoned on the free agent market because of medicals. Hmm. And that's the only way the Tigers were able to strike. Wow. Other teams were not inclined to take those risks on Pudge and Maglio. And Mike Illich, to his credit, did. And he wrote them big checks. Now he had some safeguards built in. But those guys not only healed, but clearly were stars and were the basis on which you could begin to add other pieces. Uh, At the same time that Justin Verlander was arriving and then you had some core talent from beneath that melded with Pudge and with Maglio. And voila, you had yourself a team that had been kind of transformed. To expect those sorts of really rare and freakish events to occur, not likely. So something is going to have to happen here uh, of an unforeseen nature uh, to get this thing jet-started because they don't have enough talent coming up from the farm system uh, in quantities, and certainly not soon, to really change the landscape here. And you can't buy your way into competitiveness. That just isn't going to work. For one thing, too, game-changing players are not interested in signing on with a rebuilding team. They will come there if enticed, as Mike Illich was able to entice Pudge, and then Maglio could take a chance on it, too, because of his particular situation with his knee and the fact the contract was so good. But, boy, finding exceptions to the rule are really difficult and expecting again that you can just buy your way into competitiveness this idea that well chris illich is cheap and his dad was benevolent is nonsense chris illich understood what he inherited and that his dad's investments 
many times were completely borderline irresponsible, and it was going to take a long time to get this thing turned around. You are seeing that in its entirety play out. And I warned about that at the time. Everybody was giddy about all those signs. I said, enjoy it now. You're not going to like them on the back end. Well, sure enough, now they think this rebuild should take place in two or three years. Uh-uh. It's going to be a long process. But I'm also not convinced that this is the, the group that can do it. Uh, I'm not liking enough things at this point that I'm seeing, uh, particularly on the domestic draft side, to think that much is going to change. Well, you know what the best part of that, Lynn? Is they made, the Red, made the Red Wings organization look really good right now. <laughs> and, and as far as uh, what we got going on in Grand Rapids. Well, you know, and, too, and, and we, we both know that about next year that Wings team is going to be pretty darn good. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I, I love the fact that, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and like you said, maybe it has something to do with the, it is the culture and what we're building over there because you look through the – you know, you look through from Stevie down to Beaker to Drapes as the director of scouting, Horkoff, Dan Cleary, yep. Fish, Cronwall's working with Cider a lot. In fact, I was up there in the press box the other day. I saw you. Listen, and <laughs> and when you got Dan Cleary teaching Nick Cronwell about uh, how to use the computer and, oh, and save shifts <laughs> and stuff, <laughs> man, you know, the times have come. But uh, just, you know, for me, um, looking at both organizations and stuff like that is is when you see things and back to Doug Mankiewicz who you know uh, sounds like he manages like he played the game yeah. pure professional team hitter, USA but, guy you know but but it's like you need that sort of structure and and to start with that's why when you tell me that about the Tigers and then I I look to the Wings and like you said is that. People are excited. I love with the wings because I walk around the rink and uh, people aren't really concerned about the losses because they're exciting they to watch. Yeah, because they know something. They're exciting coming. to watch. Like the Tigers aren't exciting no. to watch. I'm a they're diehard not. baseball no, fan so and I can't. Nah. You know, nah. like you, you, I was turned off this past season. Yeah, I tur- and turned off. Maz, for you to turn that uh, yeah. and and anybody who knows Maz is that that is just uh, a sad state and it goes a lot deeper and. Like you said, Lynn, uh, reap what you sow, and now we're in the yeah. heck of it. And the bad part is you don't see a quick no. way out or easy no. way out or anything. You hear him. He yeah, says it's not even, no. No. Well, not even close. No. We're not even close. So what would you advise for any diehard Tiger fan? What, what's, what's Lynn Henning's? What, you you got to be there. You got to report. How do you make it through these dog days and these tough times? This uh, is the best question and uh, the most pressing question in town, and the answers are on two fronts, Darren. First of all, anyone who thought this was going to be done in three years, again, was oblivious to the fact that they had big, big trouble with their long-term payroll and with a bad market where you couldn't trade immovable parts that a few years earlier you could have dealt And that simply was reflective of a baseball market turning on its ear at the worst possible time for the Tigers. They couldn't trade any of those old season guys that you used to be able to get a prospect or two for. That went out the window. Secondly, you're going to have to do it fundamentally through your draft. We all know the 68 team that won a World Series and the 84 team that won a World Series were primarily the beneficiaries of smart drafting and of core talent that came up at the same time, Horton and Stanley and Freehand and Denny McLean and 
Mickey Lolich and all those guys came together at the same time, primarily through the draft at that point. And the 84 team was built by Bill LaJoy's drafting of Trammell and Whitaker and Gibson and Petrie and Morris and Parrish, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, don't ever forget Larry's There is no such core nucleus coming up through the Tiger Farm now, and that is going to be squarely on this administration to explain. Other teams are finding players in latter rounds. The Tigers are not coming up with any offense. They're doing a good job on the pitching side. They've got a staff that you could probably offer as an anchor here as things begin to coalesce. But without offense, without position players that can do it on an everyday basis, you've got no help here coming, and that dooms the rebuild for the five- to seven-year period. So they're going to have to show some magic here in the next seven to eight months. Or as I said, I think uh, we're all going to have to get tough on allowing proper amount of time that hasn't produced enough dividends and suggest to Chris Illich that he needs to change regimes. And uh, that's simply the way you're going to have to view this thing going into 2020. Hey, Lynn, it's Pete Spivak here. Uh, real quick, just jumping in. I saw your article about the uh, Cuban uh, prospect, Roberto Campos. Is he going to be part of the uh, rebuild through the uh, you know through minor league systems or through you know prospects? Uh, thanks for bringing that up, Pete, because I spent a lot of time on that story. I talked with a lot of people, and, of course, there was a lot of Sub Rosa reporting on that, too. And, uh, of course, the reality is he's 16 years old. So even if he does reach the kind of fruition imagined and hoped for in Detroit, uh, it's going to be at least five years probably before a guy like that can help much. And then the next question becomes, is he going to be as good as they hope he is? Uh, that is always a dice roll. And so right now you don't look at him with any heavy expectations, except they have been doing a good job in Latin America. Uh, I think their international scouting is good. Remember, if they hadn't made a couple of trades, guys, you'd have on the left side of that infield right now, Eugenio Suarez, oh. with, what, 50 home runs yeah. for the mm-hmm. Reds this year. And Willie Adams, a shortstop. Yeah, Willie Adams, and, and huh. he was vital to Tampa Bay. Yeah. And so, you have to remember that they have had some talent. But I kept saying this too at the time those trades were made. I said, "Be careful, guys, because uh, there might be some short-term excitement here, but there's going to be some long-term pain when you deal guys with that kind of talent potential to other teams." Now, no one saw Eugenio Suarez hitting 50 home runs, but I got a little item for you. The Tigers actually had been offered a choice by the Cincinnati Reds of two players they would take for the beleaguered Alfredo Simon. Mm -hmm. And the one was Eugenio Suarez. The other was a left-handed prospect pitcher named Kevin Zomek, who's no longer in baseball. The Tigers gave them Suarez. Uh, Position player over a pitcher. Well, yeah, and granted at the time, no one was seeing 50 home runs, or the Reds wouldn't have said, give us a choice of these two guys. The point of it is, you have to be careful with these deals. And uh, if you're trading away youth and trading away youth and trading away youth, guess what? There's going to be some surprises in that youth, right. mm-hmm. and you're not going to like them down the path. Look at John Smoltz mode here back in the day. Win for Mr. Illich, kind of a... Go to the wall for him in this World Series that he's lacking uh, effort, and it just didn't pay off. And in fact, it's had some real consequences. 
Lynn Henning, thanks so much. We can have you on the whole show, but we only have like an hour. And we, you know, we love you. <laughs> can we do it again? Well, absolutely, Maz. And uh, to catch up with you and with Darren and with Pete and Ethan here today has been uh, a treat. Well, you you bet, Len. I'll be looking. Uh, I'll be looking for you. And you, you know, there's got to be something. Uh, everybody looks forward to training camp or um, spring training uh, mm-hmm. baseball in February. February yeah. So maybe there's uh, some gems. But you know, to, just to your point, is that I think that uh, the youth, and especially these days, that you know, the development and stuff like that. Even kids, um, they develop later you know baseball players it's it's Takes a tough a while. it's a tough game and, unless you want soto well yeah. but but there's there's special guys in <laughs> yeah, every sport yeah. right yeah. but a lot of times yeah. too is that if you can see um what you can see down the road and and it's crapshoot so always good catching up with you Lynn. thanks mr h all right as well darren thanks man all enjoy right. that southern skies man enjoy <laughs> all right lynn henning from the detroit news join us uh, we went O T. We went O T. And we got my man That's Darren in, hey, in the house, man. Nice Pete, to meet nice you. Nice to see you. Of oh, course, nice to meet you, man. Awesome. Yeah. This is good stuff. It's great to have you in, the man. Voice but, Pete Spivak updates but, for years and yeah, years. That's right, man. That's That's I appreciate that, Darren. You're, Absolutely. You listen to him. You know, he'll, he'll drive you right into you brought into up the a wrong great traffic point, area. man. And when we were talking to Lynn <laughs> about like what the Red Wings are doing, you have all the players that you played with, who all those good vibes, all those players that provided the professionalism that was fed down to you from above or wherever. Ever that came from where you learn, and now you, obviously Stevie's back in charge. It just it's it reeks of success is coming because of what you guys learned, and I can just I can feel you can see it on the ice that what you guys are teaching these young kids, and I'm excited for Mo Sider. Uh, what you guys Absolutely. are teaching uh, these kids is showing up on the ice, and you know it's sort of like what Lynn was talking about the Tigers, like a five year process. I really think from what I'm seeing. So far. Well, you're in the process. Yeah, you're, you, you you're see, in you're in the process. We're not, and and we hadn't been there. So let like let's go well, back. It's been and, a bad three three four years, yeah, right? But and and let's not get it twisted. And what you'll hear out of my mouth is all the time is culture, right? Yeah, so what right. what is the culture? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Exactly. That starts from the top, and when you bring. Stevie back. I, I look at. I break this analogy down. I go. You you got Steve Eisenman, right? Who, you know, changed the organization. Came in '83. I mean, it's the man. Yeah. But he's like Merlin now. Merlin the magician, right? Because you got Dylan Larkin, who's King Arthur, pulling this, getting ready to pull out Excalibur, right from Watford since he was born. I mean, he's like exactly. I'm. I'm Detroit's favorite stepson because I'm across the border, yeah. right? So I'm adopted. It's cool. Good old Tomato Land over that's there, brother. It, yeah, I, I it, love Leamington. Yeah, Tomatoes and cannabis. That's it. <laughs> um, so, so the, the whole the thing is tomato. culture. Yeah, Don't that, forget the Jersey tomato. No, yeah, they're not as good as Leamington. Get, get, get out of here. Get out of here. Jersey tomato. Anyway, Back, Darren, go yeah, on. sorry. Sorry, Maz got into this. Pete. But, it, but it's the culture because I'll it's let you guys take it, it over. Doing it the right way, right? Doing yeah. it the right way. But when you go to the rink now, right, and it's tough to see them win or lose, but you see progress. You know, you, like you said, it's that culture. Those, those that the aura. You can of those only folks. learn because what's the what's the culture? Winning a, championship. It's not just winning. You guys were good people, yeah, good oh, players. Well, Nobody got you. into trouble. I mean, there was, there was. Well, you, yeah, you know what I mean, Darren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you, well, it was well hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well. Yeah, but yeah, it's just yeah, good, good people doing playing good hockey. Good classic hockey, and that's what it was. Yeah, it's, it's good times ahead, man. Don't forget, you guys played eighty home games. These I mean eighty games. The Tigers played one hundred and sixty-two games. I mean, that's yeah. a grind. Talk about a grind season. 
Yeah. That is a grind. It's a, it's a marathon. It's unbelievable. The, yeah, I but think hockey players move all the time. Take it down to like 130 games, 140 games. I mean, enough, enough of this 162 uh, yeah. games crap. I, you don't need I agree, I, but I wasn't a baseball player, so that's right. Well, good to see you guys. <laughs> you leave, Pete, yeah. I'm, I'm hanging out. I got, I got, I got to make my way around the building. Good here. to see you, brother. <laughs> but I'll see, I'll see you soon. You're gonna be joining us on Sundays pretty soon. I will. Yeah. All right, at Mr. Um, Joe's. Yeah, I think the for the the, the ten, not this. Yeah, Sunday, another but couple the next of, one. couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll Look see that. We got a lot of good things planned here on uh, News Radio Media. Yeah, yeah so, man. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you, Darren. Darren McCarty. The man. All right. We want to thank Mr. Matt. He's been serving Metro Detroit's floor mat needs for over 50 Thanks, years. Let your business slip and fall off the savings. They're with them before winter hits. They also offer logo mats, office and restroom cleaning, restroom supplies, mops, towels, whatever your business can use, they've got them. Call them 800-344-0095 or email my friend Joe at joe at mrmattrental.com. That's joe at mrmattrental.com. Dot com. Always good to have Darren drop by. and uh, Yeah, he's from Tomato Land. If you need tomato tomatoes, if you need tomatoes <laughs> go to Leamington, Ontario. Get uh, some tomatoes. All right, but, you know, I'm a Jersey tomato guy. You know, <laughs> Sammy would be upset right now if I went to Leamington to get my tomatoes. Anyway, we got a good friend of ours coming up here right away. We got Anthony Broom. This is a former intern of mine, folks. Now he's made it to the big time. Anthony Broom, of course, writes a lot of stuff for the Michigan Wolverines, and he does that on SB Nation, maizeandbrew.com. He joins us now. We're going to talk a little bit Michigan Wolverines football and basketball. Anthony, what's happening, brother? Appreciate those, uh, those kind words. Uh, good to be here. <laughs> we love having you on. You got Pete here as well, and Ethan. Uh, we wanted to get into it with you. AB, uh, how's my favorite Central Michigan brother? <laughs> The only one that you have, or I said my others? favorite Central Michigan brother. I have others. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. I'm doing great. Uh, looking to get the bowl eligibility, though. Yeah, boy. Still working our way there. Anthony brought me, uh, got me back in the day. He got me a Central Michigan football jersey with Mazaway on the back and '62 nice. for my year. Still got it at home. I still uh, try to squeeze into it once in a while. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it looks great. Those Thanks, good maroon brother. colors. Hey, uh, the Wolverines uh, taking on Maryland this week. Uh, oh, is uh, Maryland had a good run here for a while, but Michigan favored by three touchdowns. That's a noon kick. Uh, what do you got on the Wolverines this week, Ant? Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where you played you played so well last week that to expect a come down might be somewhat realistic. Definitely, uh, but. I mean, anytime you you beat a team by 31 points, yeah, yeah, a come a come down might be in the cards. But um, yeah, Maryland is is kind of a disaster right now. It yeah. was a team that you know came out came out of the gates firing on yeah. cylinders. They they beat a a Syracuse team that people thought was going to be pretty good this year, and then ends up they both ended up being bad. Yeah. So, um, you know, the first year of the Mike Loxley era there has not gone so great. Uh, you know, they they don't really do a whole bunch of anything well, especially defensively. So um, when you're looking at, you know, you're looking at a Michigan team that's trying to keep that offense still rolling, um, you know, hitting their stride uh, to put it into their words. Um, I think they're going to be playing a team that they'll pretty much be able to get whatever they want um, as, as long as the conditions are are optimal. But then again, it was it was a monsoon last week in Ann Arbor, and they – they still found a way to kind of explode offensively. So beat a pretty good um, team. I think this week what you're looking for is just kind of a team that um, just kind of continue that upward swing heading into a bye week. Now DJ yeah. Durkin, of course, the former Wolverine assistant, went over to Maryland and it was a disaster. And uh, you know all those things happened over there. And 
how Bowling does, Green, yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. DJ Jerkin played Bowling mm-hmm. Green. I mean, how the heck, how do they bounce back? I mean, Maryland uh, starting from scratch, basically, again. Yeah, they've started over a few times yeah. in the last, you know, five or six years, which, you know, that's obviously not a great sign for program stability moving forward. And, you know, people say, what when Maryland is, is good, what is their ceiling? I mean, that's a team that maybe can, when, you know, you look at how tough the Big Ten East is, you just have you know, Ohio State, Penn State, um, Michigan. If you want to throw Michigan State in that category, I guess you can too. But um, I think at best, Maryland's kind of a program that can compete for maybe that fourth or fifth spot at best. Um, they'll never be worse than Rutgers. That, that I Unbelievable. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, anytime you start over. But it, it kind of seems like things are heading. I thought things might have been heading in the right direction under T.J. Durkin, but obviously horrible, horrible, unspeakable things happened there. Um, so anytime you have to start over that many times, um, you know, it's not a great sign, but I think they might have a guy there now that they feel somewhat good about, even though this year has kind of uh, spiraled out of control, so to speak. Anthony Broom joins us, uh, uh We're talking Wolverines and brought Michigan State up for a second and uh, talking about a program that's kind of going the wrong way. Uh, yeah. Another, another uh Bad thing happened to him yesterday. Tell everyone about that and where do they go from here? Yeah, it kind of seems like you know, after this, you know, Joe Bocci uh, suspended for I think it or not suspended, just ruled ineligible for PED. performance enhancing yep. drugs, and that was a guy who was a senior. So his career is you know he says he plans to appeal, but um, that never works quick in college football. So his career is, is all but over, and that was yep. a guy who. Was kind of one of the hearts and soul, or the heart and soul of that Michigan State defense. And now, now that that's taken away from you, I wonder how. You know, I wouldn't. You know, things are not great already. I wonder where things go from there. Um, you know, where do they go from here? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it feels like this is it for D'Antonio. Uh, it does feel I, that I way. See them. I, I don't see them bouncing back from this. Uh, I don't think. It's also interesting because I don't know if the leadership structure there is really ready to move on or you know make a make a new hire or go through a change like that so it, it's it's pretty it's ugly there right now um i don't know how else to put it i don't know how things are going to look on november 16th when they come to ann arbor uh you know they're always ready to play that game yep i just wonder if there's gonna be any juice left for them by then well anthony uh this is uh this pete just jumping in here brother um you know, you mentioned Michigan State football, but it's not just really the football program. I mean, you know, pretty much the whole school seems to lately have just been in the news for absolutely the wrong things. I mean, we were talking earlier with Darren McCarty about culture. It just seems like the culture right now at Michigan State uh, it changed on a dime uh, since uh, after the last, you know, since about three years ago. All of a sudden, it has been pure downhill. Nothing has gone right. Um how does a college program turn that culture around? Aside from obviously, you know, firing D'Antoni and stuff. What is this? My, my old point, I guess, is like, what is, what is this doing to recruiting? This can't be helping anything. Where does Michigan State go, basically? I guess. I mean, wh- yeah, I'm I'm not sure about that because honestly, I mean, you can look you look at just the football program. Obviously, with you know some illegal stuff that's that's happened and. and and things like that like that's a problem in itself but when you look at the program you know the athletic program really just the school the institution as a whole um how do you change that culture i mean you have to have you have to have strong leadership at the very top 
and that's just that's a school president that's a you know board of trustees that's and they just don't have that um and then it's kind of you know, after you know, not to bring up too dark a stuff, but after you know, when all this Nasser stuff yeah. came to light, mm-hmm. um, it really shined a light on some really negative, just just institutional um, ignorance towards certain issues and, and and poor leadership. So honestly, you ask how how do they get it turned around? I mean, they've got a outside of Tom Izzo, um, you know, that athletic department has a culture problem. Um, even Tom Izzo has had some things going on, but I really just think it's. I'm not going to pile on Michigan State too much, but oh, go ahead. Um, it just seems like from the top on down, leadership structure at the very top, it's just, it's just not there. And um, I don't know if they have people in place right now to change course there. It's almost like you have to purge and, and completely start over. Yeah. Anthony Broom joins us, SB Nation, maizeandbrew.com, and my former intern. Very proud of him, by the way. Let's switch over to basketball. Michigan coming off the John Beeline era, which was a phenomenal era, and now Jawan Howard, take take us uh, the openers Tuesday against App State, seven o'clock already. It's and the exhibition basketball tonight against Saginaw Valley That's State. That's right. Yeah, Saginaw Valley State's the exhibition. Tell us a little bit about Jawan Howard and uh, what we can look forward to on this team. Yeah, it's it's certainly very different already, uh, and that's not to say that the way that Jawan Howard has done it so far is the right way or, or the wrong way from how Beeline was doing it. But um, you look at, I think that there are certain questions that he hasn't been able to answer yet. And to certain, you know, to a certain extent might see some of that tonight. You'll definitely start to see it in the opener. Um, we don't know how he's going to coach and we don't know how he's going to develop talent, which are the two. Correct. You, know, you talk John Beeline. Those are the two things he's best at, but I'll say this, um, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, they're definitely in on a lot more elite guys. It's less of a, of an intricate system. Uh, Beeline found his gems, found his system guys. Whereas Howard, it seems like they're just going to get talent here and, and adjust how, however they can. And you know, when you John Beeline was just so special at, at finding those gems and developing them that uh, you can't really replicate that, and they're not looking to replicate it. Um, I'll say with Howard so far, every single move that he can he, he's been able to possibly make, whether it's hiring his staff or um, you know you're able to lay, you know officially close the deal with Franz Wagner, you've got to a five-star in Isaiah Todd a few weeks ago for next year's team. He's done everything perfectly so far. Um, we don't know. Again, the key is, can he do it on the floor? We're about to find out pretty soon, but I know that he surrounded himself in guys like Phil Martelli, who's been a, a head coach forever. Yeah, St. Joe's, Scotty right? Washington from John Beeline's staff. Uh, he's got uh, Howard Isley. They kept John Sanderson in the training program. So everything that he that you think he would need to be successful is kind of in place. So now it just becomes a question of, uh, you know, can he coach the team? And um, we don't know that yet. But the thing of it is, I think when you, you listen to him talk about the university, about the job, I think he's, e- he's pretty easy to get behind because, you know, no, no matter which way it goes, we don't know which way this is going to go. But no matter how it goes, I think um, you're going to find a guy that, He's not never going to hang his head because he's going to work so incredibly hard to learn and get it right, and he is willing to adapt too. So, um, so far, so good there. I mean, I've, I've been really impressed. I, I know a lot of people were skeptical skeptical of that hire because of uh, you know the whole you know, Michigan man thing and his ties with the university and um, Fab Five, and some people may have eye rolled that. But um, on his own as a coach, I think he's he's batting a thousand. 
so far. Hey, AB, uh, you know, it, it, this is just my opinion, or at least what I'm, you know, I'm doing a little two plus two equals four here in my book. With Phil Martelli being named the associate head coach, and obviously Juwan, Juwan Howard being the head coach, Juwan Howard being a Fab Five sort of a free baller, if you will, you know, playing the uh, sort of a street ball style, and Phil Martelli being the teacher. If you will, you know, at St. Joe's for what I think like 25, 30 years he was over there. And um, it, my whole point is do you see Juwan Howard as being like captain one and done? Because uh, at least in my opinion, I see it that way. Uh, he does. He just goes out and gets Isaiah Todd out of nowhere. I just think that he's, he's going to say the right things to these kids. I don't think that Juwan Howard personally to me, I don't think that he wants to be a teacher. He wants to play ball and he's going to leave the teaching to Martelli. How do you? see it um well i think you might see a lot of that in year one just because uh, it helps to have a guy who has that head coaching experience on your staff because you've never been a head coach before so it's one of those things too where um you know i, I don't buy that he doesn't want to teach well i'm not saying he doesn't want to teach i'm just saying that maybe he just wants to you know let phil maybe handling handle most of that yeah no i understand that uh, i think that there's that's a major reason why he's on the staff is because Phil Martelli can not only help teach the players, but he can, you know, as a first-time head coach, to have that guy as your right-hand man. That's a pretty that's a pretty positive thing. And um, you know, I, I don't I don't think that it's, he's not interested in teaching. I would say it's more he's interested in still learning himself. Um, and again, I mean, there's that's I know that might be a way to spin it out of that, but yeah, that's cool. Um, like I said, I feel like the support staff at every level, that expertise that he might need and, and lean on, uh, I feel like he's done a pretty good job of getting enough around him in that regard to where there is room for him to grow as a head coach. Anthony, Ethan here. Um, I'm just wondering, because I haven't really paid that much attention to what Michigan's roster looks like this year uh, on the basketball side, with um, guys like Jordan Poole and Iggy Brasdakis leaving uh, you know, prior to graduation. What is uh, Michigan's depth right now on the outside at the wing position? Yeah, it's, uh, it's unproven, for sure. Um, and... I think that they have eight or nine guys that they feel good about playing. But, yeah, anytime you lose, I think those guys accounted for definitely over half of their scoring last year. So that's a lot to replace. Um, Isaiah um, Isaiah Livers is going to kind of move. Um, you know, he's slimmer. He's a guy that is going to play a little more on the wing. Um, they were counting on Franz Wagner to um, sort of offset all that. But, you know, he breaks his wrist in practice. He's out for, you know, at least a month. So, um it's going to be interesting. I think you're going to see a lot of guys that you didn't really hear from last year. And a lot of people don't realize that John Beeline's recruiting class last last year, uh, the freshman he brought in, was one of his better classes at Michigan. And a lot of those guys really didn't play all that much because they had those guys that you talked about that left for the NBA. So um, I think really what you're kind of counting on, and again, in this Big Ten, uh, if we're talking ceiling, I think Michigan can kind of, if everything clicks, they can maybe finish fourth. But if it doesn't, wow. I can see them finishing like eight or ninth, being a fringe tournament team. But if it, uh, if those sophomores take that sophomore leap, then this team is going to be a lot closer to the top of the standings than they are, you know, kind of the middle of the pack there. So, um, you know, those freshmen are the sophomores, David DeJulius, who's a guard, um, Colin Castleton, who, who's going to kind of play the four and the five. 
Adrian Nunez was a guy who didn't play a lot last year, but there, he, it sounds like he's going to start in this exhibition on Friday and maybe in the starting lineup on on Tuesday. So uh, I wouldn't say they're not. They lost. I mean, they did lose a lot of talent, but I wouldn't say there's not talent there. I think there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of unproven guys there, but um, I, I think that they're still going to be fun to watch. Anthony Broom, I appreciate you coming on. We didn't even get a chance to delve into uh, Jim Harbaugh and the state of Harbaughism, <laughs> but we got to get you back on here. And I love reading the stuff that you put out, and uh, you really uh, you're kicking butt, man. I appreciate you coming on. Oh, of course, I'm always happy to uh, chat with you guys. So um, thanks for having me. All right, thank appreciate you, Anthony, you, for coming on. Anthony Broom, SB Nation, MazeandBrew.com. Check him out on Twitter. Great stories. The Wolverines getting there going tonight. Who are they playing? App State? Saginaw, oh, Valley, Saginaw State. Valley State. tonight. Yep. App State on Tuesday for real. Michigan State, number one in the country, yep. at least now. Tuesday, they play the State Farms Champion Classic against number two, Kentucky, yep, yep. who might be coming over to uh, Callahan Hall here eventually yeah, that's to play a, that's, UAD. That's a rumor, too. How yeah. about that? How huh? about that one, too? So that's a Tuesday game around 9.30. So yeah. college basketball underway, college football coming into the playoff time, and that time of the year, it's and, and a on, great time of the year. On Tuesday, they released the first college football playoff top four. Oh, so oh, that's what we got to talk about. The first BCS yep. comes out. Yeah, that's yep. right. So we got that, and we got the Lions. We'd even bring up this is the first time we haven't talked Lions. Lions and the Raiders this weekend. Raiders favored by two on the road, of course, at the Oakland Coliseum in the black hole. We will be uh, live from Mr. Joe's Sports Bar right here in Southfield, 12 Mile. John Gruden, man. uh, Yeah, 12 Mm -hmm, in Franklin. Looking forward to that game, and should be a good one. Don't forget to join us. Darren McCarty, I appreciate him coming in today. It's always good to have him. Last night's game, Niners and the Cardinals. Did you guys get a chance to watch this game? Of course. You know what I mean, Let me tell you, Niners are for real. They Mm -hmm. almost blew this game to the Cardinals, who look pretty good all of a sudden. But I'll tell you, I, I am a Jimmy Garoppolo Big-time fan. 28-25 the final. Yeah, the Cardinals kept coming back, and there was a couple of mistakes in this game. They could have probably gotten the ball back and maybe driven down. Mm-hmm. The Niners' defense was uh, taken yeah. aback a little by, well, by the young quarterback. Yeah, but the Niners look more like New England uh, in their upcoming years when they were starting to get good than the Lions mm-hmm. do when the Lions are sitting around going, oh, we want to be the next New England. Well, it seems <laughs> like San Francisco is beating you to that punch. Unbeaten at 8-0. That's First right. 8-0 Unde- team Unde- in the year. Well, and, and it does help when you have a defensive line that they have. Yeah. And you get a stud, good draft in, picks. Get yeah. a stud in Nick Bosa. Amazing. No, I understand that. Absolutely. But I'll tell you, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. If he, He's still out on so many fantasy football waiver wires. I know, and yeah. I, I should have picked him up in our I'm, league, and I I'm didn't. I'm telling you. And, I, and the only thing that I, I want to see when he gets the talent at wide receiver, because he, right now his talent at wide receiver is above average. I thought but they were going to make a deadline you, deal. But if you get a superstar wide receiver yeah. out there, yeah. they could be more lethal on yeah. offense than they already are. Well, I thought Sanders they were actually, look great. He, he, he that, does. That it's is the second one, week with the team. That is one yeah. heck of a pickup for them. And I really was. I was hoping they were going to compliment him with somebody else, but I guess now they're going to leave with Emmanuel. And I was actually thinking. They got young kids here. I was thinking A.J. Green may uh, yeah. have been an but he's at the end, man. You know, he's, he's just beaten and battered. Yeah. And now, since he's throwing a towel in, oh, yeah. 0-7 is throwing a towel in, but now they're benching Andy Dalton. <laughs> you, I mean, they don't have anything. 
I think I, I can't wait. You for think the, we're in bad shape? I can't wait for the Bengals Dolphins matchup coming up. Oh my oh, god! Oh boy, it's probably going to be a Monday night game. <laughs> what if that those game guys ends look? in a tie? Well, that's the thing. That's the only thing that could that could tank. You know, screw the Lions in their own 16 season because I think one of these two teams will be on 16, but only one of them can be because I think what they face each other. Oh my god! Around the season, well, I mean, I it, double check it, it did help that Cleveland went 0 16 that one year too. Oh, that's true. I, I didn't want them to go 0 16. I wanted that record for myself here in Detroit. <laughs> They had to ruin it I'm and go tie. The right I'm just now. wondering how many teams have ever, and I don't think this has ever happened, gone 0 15 and 1. So I'm really rooting for like a, yeah. I'm rooting for a tie in that game. <laughs> we this is a very interesting situation. Uh, I hope both teams go into this game winless because it's on December 22nd. Ooh, so it's so late a in Christmas the season. Surprise. Yeah, it's, the, that's what week 16. It's it's yeah it's it's week 16. So it's very late oh in the season that one of these two teams or both teams could be winless going into that. Should be great. Jeez. Oh, Little NBA Pistons fall at Toronto the other night 125-113. They play tonight at the Bulls in Chicago. Chicago. At 8 o'clock. How about the Warriors? You thought they were bad enough. Now oh. they lose Stephen Curry to a broken yeah, left done. hand. Yeah. They're going to be a lottery pick now. Yeah, From yeah. best record ever to a lottery pick in three years. Yeah, but, but then they're going to come back the following year with a lottery pick. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, was, I was just going to say, though, if they end up in the lottery, knowing their luck, they're going to end up with a top three pick. Yeah. Yeah. And right now, the they'll top be right of, back. The top of the draft is with looking, their it, luck. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, right. You don't it, think it, Adam Silver's going to be now. over there at the ping pong thing going, oh, I'll if anyone should get a ping pong ball, it's the Knicks, all right? And they haven't gotten it since freaking Patrick Ewing. They, Please. They got, they got RJ. They should be happy they got RJ. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. So, uh, and what else is happening this week? Red Wings, Tommy? you got uh, tonight at the Hurricanes tonight, 7 30. It was great to have Darren McCarty in. And the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, that's right. I'm leading you into the Breeders' Cup here, Pete. Mm-hmm. Now, for, for, for those who don't know what the Breeders' Cup is, Ethan, do you even know what the Breeders' Cup is? I do know what it is. All right. It it's, is one of the three major horse races. Well, it's one of the top well, four. It's the it's second the triple crown. horse racing weekend. It's the Triple Crown, which mm-hmm. is the Derby, yeah. the Preakness, and the Belmont. That's what everyone knows, yeah. the okay. Triple Crown. The Breeders' Cup is like the Super Bowl. Of okay, horse races. Yes. It's where all of these great horses that have won throughout the year yep. mm-hmm. bid. They don't bid. You get points for every win, place, show, yep. and all the money you win. Mm-hmm. Get to race on this weekend. And it's in Santa Anita, yep. which I thought they should have moved because it was all these all bad the happenings. Death, yeah, yeah, the horse need deaths. to bring it back up again. Yeah. But today, Pete, what do we got on the docket today? Well, the, today is Juvenile Day. Uh, a lot of the two-year-olds. two-year-olds. Juvenile two-year-olds. That's what I said. Yeah, the two-year-olds will be running today at uh, Santa Anita doing their thing. Uh, a lot of the uh, ladies will be running as well. The, the Phillies. Girls. Yep. The Phillies will be running, doing their thing. Phillies and mares. Uh, so that'll be all of today starting Let at 1.45 on Friday. Let me dumb uh, it down. Two-year-olds, yes. juveniles. Mm-hmm. Juveniles, yes. These will be the horses that run in the Kentucky Derby say, in May. Yes. Okay. Because in January, all horses turn three. January or February. I yeah, think that's the uh, month. And I was about to say, yes, and coming up uh, today at, I believe it's a wreck around the uh, 645 area, it's on NBC Sports Network, is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which will crown the two-year-old champion. So that is the big and race for the that's day. That's the big race for the, the day. Yes, exactly. Now, is there a ladies' classic as well? There today? is. There is the, uh, the uh, uh, I believe it's the uh, the ladies, uh, I think it's the, the, the turf sprint for the juvenile turfs, the, the juvenile turf lady, uh, the juvenile, uh, juvenile 
of Phillies and Mares turf will be the cla- will be the uh, the star race for the ladies. And then the big one tomorrow and is Saturday the classic. is the Breeders' Classic with all the champion horses Correct. from like the past couple of years, three year olds, four year olds. Mackenzie's the favorite yep. at three to one. Code of Honor, who is a terrific horse, four to one. Mackenzie would have been in the Kentucky Derby last year, but was hurt and yeah. had a withdraw. He's a hell of a horse. Yep. Now a couple of good long shots. Math Wizard, who yep. just come off a big win. Yep, he's thirty to one. War of Will. War of Will is also yeah the Derby winner. Yep. War yeah, War of Will. The Derby winner. The he Der- crossed the finish line first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that should be a hell of a race. And uh, you know what? Uh, horse racing needs a good, clean weekend with no yep. injuries, no nothing, and. You go from there. Yeah, you know, Senator Dianne Feinstein threatened the horse racing industry. Is <laughs> Seriously, seriously, she did. She said, nothing better happen this weekend in Santa Anita or else. That's what she well, said. So, yeah. As a fan, and you know I grew up with it, I love it. It's like right there with football for me, yep. horse racing. I don't think they should have raced at Santa Anita. I agree with you. I think they should have moved it. I, I wish they would have moved it to New York. I wish they would have moved it to New York. Well, or, or Churchill Downs. Or they could have even gone down to Florida. Could have gone down to Gulfstream. Well, well anywhere well, but eh. there. What are you going to do? And well, tonight, tonight, uh, Lakeview St. Clair Shores taking on Lance Cruz. Playoff time in uh, in the Shores. All Come right. on out. It's on 11 Mile between Harper and Little Mac. The winner tonight, a Huskies win tonight. They'll be the first time in school history a team has won eight games. So Perfect. they're playing nice. really well. I Good wish them the them. best. My girls will be there. I'll be there to support them. Sean Zaborowski and the, and the crew out there. And uh, I wish uh, Lakeview the best. There's some other bad news in, uh, with the De La Salle program. Yeah, De La Salle. And, yeah. Yeah. They had to cancel their playoff with, because of hazing. Yeah, hazing we yeah. didn't get a chance to talk about that. We had so many surprise guests come in. But I don't think there's room for hazing. I, I really no, don't. No, there's no room but for But there it are at different all. high the hazing. Inexcusable. If hazing, if you're just like verbally abusing someone, that is, a, you know, they, there's ball busting in sports. Mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with that. But to hurt someone or try to hurt someone, I'm not okay with that. Physically yeah. hurt yeah. them, yes, exactly. Physically. So we don't know exactly what happened, and we don't know what the fallout's going to be. So exactly. We're going to have to find out, I guess. I do want to give a shout-out, though, before we end the show today. Yeah. Bowling Green State University women's soccer team yes, that's has right. just won First time. back-to-back yep. uh, regular season MAC championships, and they will host, yeah. as long as they win their uh, quarterfinal matchup, they will host the Mid-American Conference Women's wow. Soccer Tournament. There you go. At Bowling Green. At Bowling you Green. going down? You I may. Pete? I may go no. down. It's only an hour and a half away, man. Yeah. Hey, do it. This good. guy's got a lot of Bowling Green clothes. You might be able there's to get a, some. There's off. a good ratio down there. Hey, I want to thank <laughs> thank everybody behind the glass. The ratio is three to one. That's right. Why the hell? Why didn't you tell me that like 30 years ago? Before it may I met be you? more now, actually. <laughs> thank Angel, Kelsey, Stephen. Who else are we missing? That's it. Ethan, D-Mac, Pete Spivak. I'm Tom Asaway. Have a great sports weekend. We'll see you at Mr. Joe's on Sunday. The Lions, and there it is. Two o'clock, two hours before kickoff. Thanks for joining us, guys. On the wrap on NRM Streamcast. See you guys. Have a great weekend.